Hey everyone, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I was looking for some new stuff for my beard, and I was looking around and I wanted something my wife would like as well. I was looking for a good product that didn't leave my beard feeling greasy, that nourished it and kept it moist, and had a good scent to it as well. Um, so in discussing with my wife, we tried a few different things, and I found this wonderful heathen place called Beast Curiosities. Now, they don't just offer beard oil. They have quite a few different products available through them. Um, you definitely want to go ahead and check them out at BeastCuriosities.com. But I specifically tried the beard oil. Um, I tried Hell's Respite. I tried Tears Loyalty. And I tried, give me one second, Yord's Wilderness. All of these were really great beard oils. They all had wonderful scents that lasted a long time and would stay with me throughout the whole day. They nourished my beard and kept it good. And they also made it that it felt nice and was good to smell. And other people around me liked it quite a bit. So when you actually get in their oils, they tried really hard to produce an oil that does what it says it's going to do while nourishing your beard as well. They tried a few products till they got the great one together, and they call it their magical beard oil. I will tell you, it is magical. It smells great. Even after going to the pool with my wife for about three hours, my beard still smelled great and felt great. So, with that said, I'm going to tell you to go ahead and check them out. Again, they're not only beard oil, but Beast Curiosity is a place you want to go. BeastCuriosities.com. You can also email him and check out his products at Beast at beastcuriosities.com. They have a Twitter account at BS Curiosities, and you can also find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash beastcuriosities. You definitely want to go out and get some of this if you have a beard. It is a wonderful product, something great to use. My wife and her friends all love this product quite a bit. So go ahead and get it if you get a chance, guys. It's a wonderful product. Thank you, guys, and have a great day. Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. One of the most important things for our rituals when we get together is, of course, the mead. Mead is a, a mix of things that we put together. We can add fruit to it. It could be just honey, so on and so forth, but we use it every single time. I make my own mead. I know what kind of a sacrifice it takes to make all the work involved in it, all the time involved to let it do what it needs to do, for it to set properly, for it to age, and all the good things that make meat good. When we're out looking for meat, it's really hard to find a good meat because meat takes a lot of effort to make, a lot of time, a lot of understanding. And you can make just a regular meat, but it doesn't always taste good. And those people that make meat understand what I mean. Those people that drink mead really understand what I mean. So when we're heathens and we're looking for mead, one of the things we want to look for is somebody that understands the gods, understands what is needed for our rituals, for our kindreds, somebody that also holds frith with the ancestors, the gods, and the Ein Yar. Friends, if you're looking for someone like that, I have found a place for you. It's called Ravenwood meadery. They are both heathen. They are a heathen-run business. And just like you and me, they take pride in their mead and what they do. They hold frith continually with the gods and the ancestors. They produce a really good product with fruits in it, spices in it, and just plain old ordinary mead. 
They also have horns and other things available, and they're always running specials. You can find them at ravenwoodhuntsville.com if you'd like, and they are a great place. Let me tell you, some of the best mead comes from them, and I know that for a fact because they hold thrift. If you're looking for mead today, you can find them online on Facebook under Ravenwood Meadery, or you can look them up online under ravenwoodhuntsville.com and get their mead list. Guys, I'm telling you, it's a wonderful thing. Heathens helping heathens build their businesses is what it's all about. I want to thank you guys for joining me for this small little commercial and tell you to have a great day. Hey everyone, thank you for joining me for this next episode of Modern Heathen Man. I've begun my third season and I've learned a lot of things along the way. I've learned what I want to do on my channel, how I want it to flow, and I've learned mostly from you all what people would like to know. <clears throat> With that said, I'm going to do a little more teaching today rather than just talking. Um, so grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some cider, or on a cold day like today, grab some coffee or hot chocolate. Sit back and join me for Modern Heathen Man. I'm going to be talking today while things are going on around me. Uh, my wife's getting ready for work and stuff like that, so she may or may not join in every once in a while here. But <clears throat> I wanted to talk about a couple of questions that have been asked. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm just like, I want to say degrading their question, but just... In a sense, I'm not calling you out. I, I just want people to know that it's more than one person that asks these questions. And more than one person that needs to know these answers. <clears throat> With that being said, if you're new to Asatru or Heathenry, um, these questions are pretty normal, actually. If you're not new to Asatru and Heathenry, these questions are pretty normal, actually. So, let me dive right in. The first question I always get asked is, what god is the god of blank? Heathenry is a little different than the pantheon of, like, the Greeks. You know, you had the Greek god of thunder, and you had the Greek god of love, and you had the Greek god of war and you had the greek god of pestilence and you had the greek god of the underworld we don't necessarily have those i mean each of our gods has a heim or a place where they live their home um but with that said it, it isn't like a god of a certain thing because our gods are more i don't want to say human-like but that's what i really think it is they're human-like they have different um attributes for each one of them and in the Norse pantheon we celebrate those attributes like you know we might call Thor the uh, god of the hearth you know because he brings you know food to the hearth because he has his goats that he can eat and you know they come back to being goats not specifically he's not the god of food 
Because he's also the god of thunder, he's also the god of protection for man, he's also the god of war, he's also the god of love. You know, all these things go along with that. And it's more of attributes to them rather than what they are. And I think a lot of times we get the idea of what is, are they the god of because of the book uh, Germanica. And when he wrote that, he specifically wrote that, you know, certain gods did certain things. But I don't think that was true because I don't think he had the full scope or knowledge or understanding of what our religion was. So a lot of people ask, you know, who do I, who do I pray to for so-and-so? Or who do I pray to for, for blank? And... We usually don't pray to the God for the thing. So, like, let, let me give you a case in point. Like, um, we're getting ready for hunting. And Uller is who you would venerate for hunting. Um, specifically because he was a hunter and he was good at getting game. With that said, you know, we, we don't invoke him prior to the hunt. Like... <clears throat> we understand there's fate, and we understand there's this, and there's that, and there's the other thing. Now, he could help us on the hunt while we're hunting. We can invoke him. We can invoke him after the hunt, thanking him for a successful hunt, or sharing with him, because we had a successful hunt, that maybe next time he can help while we're hunting. But prior to a hunt, I don't think he can do anything. I mean, we could dedicate our weapon to him we can dedicate the day to him and so on and so forth and then really celebrate him as a hunter and bring him in and make him part of our hunting experience but for all intents and purposes there's still faith there's still frith and there's still other things going on with <clears throat> the hunting that uler doesn't have control of now with that said that brings me into the next question is how do i get closer to the gods Our religion is definitely a nature-based religion. And the Old Norse, they didn't just have a rock and dirt and trees and everything else. <clears throat> they believed that each and every one of those things held a spirit within it. And very much like the Tolkien universe, if you will, the J.R.R. Tolkien universe, there were goblins, there were... Um, trolls, there were fairies, there were landviteers, there were elves and gnomes and all different sorts of creatures that lived in the woods along with us. With that said, you know, the hunt is based on the different things around us. You know, we could take gifts and give those to the people of the forest that would help maybe guide an animal our way or help maybe guide an animal to us through their collective works <clears throat> and i believe in venerating them as well as venerating the gods we become closer to the gods because we become closer to the world in which we live in so then the question arises, you know, how do, how do we do all this? How do we put all this together? Well, becoming close to the gods begins with your daily practice. 
the understanding that when you walk out in the morning, that you're greeting Sunni or Sunni's greeting you. Or if you come home at night, that Mani is ever present, watching down on you. The understanding that that tree that's in your front yard has a spirit and has the ability to have frith with you. The understanding that that special rock that you pass when you're going somewhere that you always remember to turn here or see that rock and this means this or see that rock and that means that holds the spirit within itself because otherwise you wouldn't remember it. We have to come back to the roots and back to the beginning of what the basis for our path is and understanding that it begins with ourselves and begins with our circle as I talk all the time about the Innen Garden and the Uten Garden we have our own house whites we have our own house elves we have our Uten Garden things we have the land Vatir, and all these things play into our frith and how we deal with those things is also how we deal with the gods and the ancestors and the warriors because in understanding that these things have a spirit and respecting them is how we learn to respect the gods this earth was put here for us this midgard was here for us and it was made for us by the gods themselves and if we can't respect it, can we respect them? And I'm not saying go off the deep end and become this great environmentalist. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying give offerings to the different things in this world. Remember that the tree has a spirit. Remember that the rock has a spirit. And make sure we include them in our ceremonies. Make sure that we include them in our daily veneration. <clears throat> Build a small altar for the different types of house whites and elves and things that are in your home. One of the things I learned recently is that there used to be a pillar in the great halls. And if they would move a home or move a great hall, that this pillar would come along. And that certain house whites and elves would come with that pillar. Because their spirits dwelled within that pillar. And it was a pillar of good spirits. I also learned recently that there were bad spirits in all different places and little bad elves in different places that we had to cleanse before they moved, before they set up new shop. And if it was said that an area held those little bad whites or those little bad, you know, vatir, they wouldn't settle there. You know, it had to be just right. <clears throat> and in honoring those things, they give them their space and they take their own space. So we really have to get down to the understanding of we are a small cog in a bunch of cogs that make a giant mechanism that we're part of. And each little cog, if it doesn't have its place and doesn't stay within its place and move like it's supposed to, throws the whole thing off. And it takes a long time to learn these things and it takes a long time to get into the groove I should say of understanding these things but once we do it makes us so much better people <clears throat> um, the other thing was that they set aside certain places for 
their ancestors. They set aside certain places for their gods. They set aside certain places for the different land and the little spirits and stuff. I mean, we all joke and we laugh when we see um, Euro... Oh, what's that thing called with um, Will Ferrell? Um, it's a movie about a song contest. Eurovision, Eurovision, that's it. And um, he knocks on little houses and leaves things for them. But that truly was a practice. That truly was something that they set aside for those gnomes to live in. And the reason that is, is because they understood that they were part of their world. That they also needed a place to live. That they also needed veneration. And they would share their goods and foods and different things with them because it was so important. And, yeah, it was made to be funny and, you know, light in the actual movie. But, in all honesty, it's a practice that still goes on to this day. I mean, I have garden gnomes outside of my house. And I know plenty of people who have garden gnomes representative of those gnomes. And the work that they do to keep our um, garden free and clear of the things we don't want. Helping to tend to the garden, helping to tend to um, the litter, and so on and so forth out there. We may not say so, we may just say, oh, I really like them because they're cool. But, in all honesty, deep-rooted within us is that understanding of what they are. So with that said, um, I'd like to hail Odin today. Today is Odin's Day for me. I don't know if you'll receive this on Odin's Day or not, but for me today it's Odin's Day. And I want to hail you for wanting to be a better heathen. I'd like to hail the land of the the whites, the spirits, and all those things around us that help us each and every day to be closer to the gods, closer to those things which help us in our walk. Learning to venerate these things and learning to venerate in general can only help us along our path. So, with that said, I want to thank you for joining me for this last or this latest episode of Modern Heathen Man. And tell you all to have a wonderful day. And I look forward to bringing you some more information soon. Bye.